Welcome, faithful listeners, to this episode of the Completely Cricket Podcast. It has been a while since we last had an episode, but this episode is packed with interesting information and discussion. The main thing we'll be talking about today is England's chances in England winning the ODI World Cup in 2023, which is this year, and therefore retaining the World Cup, considering they won it in 2019 under pretty crazy circumstances. We're also going to look at potential teams who may beat them. Uh, for example, India's major contender, considering the form that they've been in, including certain players on the Indian team, and the way they've been pretty much demolishing the New Zealand side, who've been a bit under par in, in uh, short and long formats. So um, we're going to also talk about the fitness dilemma within the South African uh, cricket team uh, with the, in the women's, where um, their captain, uh, Dane Van Nierkirk, uh, she was um, excluded from the, I think it's the World Cup squad, because uh, she was 12 seconds off the minimum requirement for a 2K run. We're going to talk about like the con- the controversy that's surrounding that and the uh, whether that was fair or not, and you know, fitness in general in cricket is quite an interesting, you know, topic. So it's quite a, a range in, in topics. May- generally, just the covering the last few weeks in, uh, last few weeks in cricket. Um, that's the content for this episode. So, Zay, would you like to do the announcements? Yeah, so as usual, if you do like the podcast and do enjoy the episodes, please um, give us a like and do follow the you know, Complete Cricket Instagram account. And you know, if you have something you want to say or you have any advice you might, you might uh, like to give us any tips, then please, please do um, uh, give us a comment on any post on our Instagram account. You know, if that's anything you want to say or just absolutely anything, please head over to Instagram account and check it out. Yeah, I think we really appreciate the feedback and just interacting with our listeners because in the end, we want to make the content that you enjoy the most. So that's what's most important. So without further ado, let's get started. Let's go straight into England. So we saw England play South Africa. They lost 2-1. Uh, that's been a quite a big trend in their um, performances uh, recently in ODI cricket. They have not been, uh, they've not been winning series. They've been losing a lot. They haven't won many ODIs. Say, what do you think is the chief reason for why they are losing uh, ODI series in the build-up to a pretty substantial World Cup? Yeah, it's a really important tournament coming up in, in October, I think, and you know they would and you obviously be wanting to um, retain that, uh, retain the World Cup, uh, considering you know how they won it in two thousand nineteen. I think this series, you know, it wasn't. Um, I guess you know the two losses in the first two games. I think it wasn't really like any heavy defeat. England played well. Um, but I think, you know, South Africa just edged over a couple of times in like the first game. You know, they won by around 30 runs or so. I think really it's Eng- England's sort of, um, you know, can they keep everything consistent? Because I think, you know, in all three games, there were like different people, you know, scoring some runs um, or taking wickets, uh, especially batting, to be honest. I think uh, some there were some people scoring runs and... In the next game, though, they're not scoring on someone else scoring right, which is a good thing. You know, everyone's making contribution, but you know, you want to have all your players um, consistently scoring some runs. You know, I think um, can't remember exactly, but Jason Roy scored a hundred in the first game, and then I think he got out for a pretty low score in the second, and third game uh, game. So I think uh, that's just an example. But overall, I think you know it's just that consistency that they kind of lack, and I think it's kind of that, that X factor just sometimes wasn't there, that, you know, we've known England as a brilliant white ball team. They just won the T20 World Cup. They won the well, um, the 50 over World Cup uh, four years ago now. Um, 
you know, in brilliant fashion. So I think sometimes in this series that like, X factor wasn't there. But yeah, I think the main thing's more just consistency in all departments of the game. If we were just to focus on one of the matches um, where England scored 343 for seven, I think, but still struggled to defend a pretty substantial score against a South African team who are struggling to qualify for the World Cup themselves and basically required to win, I think, most, of, most if not all of their forthcoming ODIs in order to qualify for the Super League. Um, do you think that? Do you think that the? Um, do you think this, that you know England's bowling attack? You know, it, it's never it's not been the strongest aspect of England's cricket for a while. But do you think the quality is just really reduced, or do, do you not think that's a significant issue with England? Yeah, I guess there have there have been loads of injuries going around in the past couple of seasons, but I don't think you know they've got someone like Reese Topley who's really come back. Um, Jofra Archer's back, um, and you know he didn't play in that particular game you're talking about. Um, but you know I think in that game, you know all the bowlers, apart from I think it was Ollie Stone. Uh, I'm just taking a look. Ollie Stone, he had figures of two forty eight in his ten overs, so really good from him. But everyone else went, you know, at six plus runs and over, which is, you know, in an ODI match, you want to be restricting your team uh, to your opposition to. You know, under three hundred, ideally, um, and you know that that wasn't really good from them. I think you know that particular game, their bowling attack wasn't as strong. You know, I think with Jofra Archer coming back, you know, he, he bowled brilliantly in the last game uh, where England won. Uh, you know, I think he took what five or six wickets. So I think having him back would be brilliant for the pace attack. But you know, yeah, it hasn't really been the strongest. You know, if I compare it to. Um, I mean, I always like to compare a bowling attack to Australia because I think, you know, Australia have a brilliant bowling attack, especially in their pace, you know, Mitch Stark, Pat Cummins, all these players. So I think, you know, England don't have the best bowling attack, but I think they'll really be happy having someone like Joffre Archer back. Um, but yeah, looking into the uh, run for the World Cup, they wouldn't just want our Joffre Archer because, you know, you need all your other bowlers to perform. So yeah, I think it's just, they need to keep playing and they need to, uh, get standards a bit higher, I think, in their bowling attack. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, a name that's been thrown around a bit, you know, when you look at England's, you know, poor performances is, is David Willey. Um, you know, he, he before the World 2019 World Cup, he was, you know, playing for England quite regularly, then uh, was left out or I think was injured. And then, um, you know, he's been on the fringes of English white ball cricket for a while and he's actually been playing quite recently, like playing often recently. Do you think he could be part of the uh, solution? You know, he's a left armer. He um, bowls out quite hard length, um, has variations, swings it in. You know, primarily he's a swing ball in, in the opening overs. Do you think, you know, he could help solve some issues in England's pace bowling attack? Yeah, absolutely. He's been, you know, recently he started, he's been playing a, a fair bit for England um, in that period from 2019 to 2022, I guess. You know, he wasn't playing marked at all. Um, so I think he'll be really useful. Um, I mean, I, 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 um, I, I do say you know he could be really useful, but I think it could be slightly difficult to get Reese Topley and David Willey in the eleven for for each game. Um, because like if we if we run through maybe quickly, um, you know, possible fast bowlers we've got uh, Chris Wokes, Reese Topley, David Willey, Joffre Archer, and then I guess Sam Curran. Um, Ollie um, Stone as well. Yeah, Ollie Stone. So you know, um, that's what five or six um, fast bowlers. So you obviously can't have all of them. 
Um, but yeah, it might it could be slightly difficult to get Reese Topley and David Willian. But yeah, you know, if if we do have, for example, I think Chris Wokes didn't have the best of times in this uh, series. So you know, he he, he if, if someone's not having a good time, David we could definitely come in and um, uh, really you know, p- uh, pair up with Reese Topley maybe at the top. Uh, to get some good swing bowling in, or even you know, it doesn't have to be a replacement. He could even just be uh, playing, you know, the first choice. Um, you know, depending on how the next few series goes, I, I'm not sure what series they've got next. But you know, I think it'd be um, David could definitely be a handy, handy bowler in the next for, for the World Cup. How, how about the batting attack? Obviously, you're not going to win any limited format game without scoring a good amount of runs, and even with scoring a lot of runs. There's no limit to, there's no like set figure where you're safe anymore, really. Especially in ODI cricket, we saw that with England, you know, scoring three four three and then not being able to defend it. You know, at the moment in the third ODI, which England won, the batting top four, top six actually looked like this: Jason Roy, Dan Milan, Ben Duckett, Harry Brook, Josh Butler, captain, then Moeen Ali, and then obviously Sam Curran in the tail. So do you think that's a set top order? Do you think there are potentially, you know, people who could be dropped, who could be included? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think I'm not too worried about this batting lineup. I think Ben Ducker recently, past year or so, has really you know, shown what how he can do. Um, you know, how, how he's he's a really talented batsman. Um, I don't think he had the best of times in this um in the in this three match series. But, you know, it, that that could be a potential concern. I think his high school was Thirty or twenty, um, but I think apart from that, Jason Roy he's come back. You know, as at one point we were consider, you know, concerned about is he actually going to is he done now? Is he going to play more white ball cricket? But you know, he came back. He played really well in the first game. Scored a hundred. Didn't have the best time the other two games, but you know, still a hundred is a hundred. You got to appreciate that. So I think overall, I think it's, it's a strong batting lineup, and you've got batting. Until I guess Chris Wokes at number eight or nine, um, so you know it's looking good. But you know, you you obviously you know I think Josh Butler led from the front really enough in 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 the series. You know, really batted really well. Um, but yeah, you know, you'd want your especially someone like Jason Roy, Ben Duckett. These guys really need to, I think, um, really score big runs consistently because if your top order's not really scoring then that's going to make it hard for your middle order and then also potentially for your bowlers if you're batting first, maybe. So, yeah, I think I'm not... I wouldn't change anything immediately, but, you know, if... Uh, you, I think, yes, Jason Roy and Ben Duckett are two names I would watch out for for the um, upcoming tournament. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, with Alex Hales waiting in the wings as well, that is immediately putting pressure on anyone who's not performing. Uh, but I think England's you know, mentality has been, you know, give people runs in the in the team. You know, that's a new mentality just to get let them be confident and then we can see the rewards of that, you know, with loads of runs. And you've highlighted something quite interesting, which is the lack of consistency in the England batting order. And because, you know, in an ODI, you really need three people minimum to score 50s. And, you know, you can you can also get away with getting, you know, someone scoring a century and then, you know, others not really contributing as much which means that one of the top six has to score a century. And they all can, but we need one of them to fire. And and we haven't had that. Sometimes a couple have fired, sometimes none have fired. And that's just where the issue has been. You know, we want to really... England's, the difference between an England batting lineup and an Indian or an Australian is just that light level of consistency. But we've seen it before. You know, in tournaments, England, you know, play well. They, especially over the last few years, you know, 2019 World Cup as an example, 
Well, actually, no, 2019 World Cup is a, it's a contrasting example because England played well in all series leading up and then they didn't play the best in the World Cup, but they did well when it mattered. Do you think, though, with, with the, you know, the, 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 consider, the concerning run of form that England are in in ODI cricket, considering they've barely won anything and they're struggling, do you think that they can peak at the World Cup or do you think that this is going to have a negative impact and it's going to leave you know, players and coaches a bit confused and not really sure heading into, you know, playing, heading into the first match of the World Cup? I think, I think England have um, always had a clear, uh, since 2015, I think they've always had a clear mind of what they won't do. So if they do have a few hiccups here and there, I don't think they'll ever be too worried. I think, you know, this series, they didn't play badly. Um, but yeah, you know, as we talked about, you know, sometimes it was just a lack of consistency. You want all your batsmen scoring, you want all your bowlers um, taking wickets and being economical. Um, but I think they definitely can peak. You know, they, they've got time. They've got, I think, what, eight months until the World Cup. So you know, there's plenty of time. Um, and I think you know, they've got to utilise the next few series whenever they have them um, well. I mean, you don't want to overuse your players. You don't want to get them. You know, too stressed out. You d- you don't want to not play them either. So you, they've got to, I think, got to be really calculated with how they go about the next few series. Um, I think you know, next few months are re- extremely important to how they perform in the World Cup because if if they come in with some good momentum, um, then they'll be much more confident. Whereas if they you know play if they lose some series and they, they they won't be as confident and they'll they could that could cause them some problems. So I think you know, definitely de- they definitely could peak. Um, but yeah, I think it's difficult to say at the moment. Um, you know, we would have to see how they do the next few uh, series they they play. Uh, I think they've got one against New Zealand, maybe some somewhat closer to the World Cup. But other than that, I'm not sure what they've got. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how they go about it. I think you're right. I think I think that is a fair point. But a team a team that have uh, had you know been very been opposite form really to England. They've been scoring um, loads of runs. They've been winning loads of matches, and it's recently against New Zealand specifically. Uh, specifically, and is is India, and obviously they've been giants of cricket for, for a long, long time. Um, I think every World Cup, Indian fans, the one point five billion of them, hype up India. You know, they look like they're going to win, and they sort of they get they storm through to the to the semi finals of a tournament. And then they, when it comes to knockout stages, they they sort of crumble and don't, you know, end in the semi-finals. There's been a bit of a trend with India. Do you think, say, that this is the year that India can finally win another white ball trophy after the famous 2011 uh, win over Sri Lanka uh, in in the World Cup? Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that they they were playing in India, um, and obviously with the massive crowd in India. Everyone's really a cricket fan over there. So I think that would be really handy for India. You know, they'll definitely be using that crowd to try and win all their games. They'll, I think they'll come in with lots and lots of confidence. Um, and if they could do like this, how they're doing against New Zealand, you know, that, that was some, some really good stuff. I think they bowled them out for like 100 and won the games. Um, so, you know, that would be that's brilliant. Um, so I think, you know, yeah, I think they've been... Uh, sort of the opposite, as you said, to England at the moment. And you know, it'd be a real shame if they if they're unable to keep this form up. But you know, I think looking for the World Cup, they're massive contenders, and I think you know one of the huge things will be the crowd that they 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 get. You know, the many many fans that they'll have will be, could be very useful to their success. 
Mm, I think I think you're right. The home advantage, especially in a country like India, is, you know, where conditions are vastly different to somewhere like England, is is, is really key in, in a 50-over World Cup. It's even more significant than it would be in a T20 World Cup, and I think that could really play a big part in this in this World Cup. And you know, England won the World Cup in on home soil in 2019. So why can't India do the same? I think the possibility is there. So in terms of you know how what's orchestrated their really good form, obviously it's been all-round performances, but a certain player with the name of Shubman Gill has been scoring hundreds as if they're nothing. And he has had an ODI average in his career, uh, was pretty short career, he's only 23. Uh, his ODI average is 73.8, which is pretty ridiculous. You know, do you think Shubman Gill, well, firstly, do you think he's... Uh, uh, a one-season fan, or do you think he could really cement his place in the India team and, you know, sort of be like, not maybe not the next Virat Kohli, but in that sort of aspect, if he could take the game by surprise and, you know, really dominate in, in white ball and test cricket? Yeah, I think he definitely could. I think if we if we look, you know, far into the future, he's definitely, I think, cemented his place in, in the team because, you know, you've got... At the moment, you've got some contenders to open the batting for India. You've got, I guess, Kel Rahul, you've got Rohit Sharma, uh, you've got him, Shubman Gill. So I think, you know, in the, in the, in the, um, in the future, you know, he's, he's definitely cemented his place to bat in that top order. But at the moment, I, I, I think, you know, he, he's really shown some brilliant stuff. I mean, the double hundred, absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, I think he definitely can cement his place into the, um, the World Cup squad, I think, you know, he can, he could, he might be a really big um, asset for India. But yeah, he would have to, I, I still don't think, you know, he's completely cemented his place in the top order. Yeah, I think um, he would have to try and you know, get ahead of the likes of Kala Rahul and Rocham especially. Um, because, you know, they've been really trusted, trusted aspects of the Indian um, team for a very long time now. So, you know, he, he's, he's made a brilliant start to his run towards the World Cup. But yeah, hopefully, you know, I, I, he would, he would want to continue this. And obviously, maybe not at this, at the double hundred level, but, you know, consistency. I think as a team to India, they, they've shown brilliant consistency recently. Um, yeah, Sherman Gill, he, he, I don't think he's got his place completely cemented yet. But, you know, if he continues like this, uh, he definitely could be a big contender. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you are. I think he has uh, potential, but you know, looking at this World Cup, you know, uh, this World Cup could be the last for this ODI World Cup could be the last for someone like Rohit Sharma, potentially Rohit Kohli, but who knows with Rohit Kohli's fitness? There are, there are a couple of players who are sort of coming to the peaks. Uh, sorry, to the ends of their careers now. So my personal views at Rohit Sharma, you know, he's done his job fulfilling Rohit Kohli's capacity for a couple of years. I think it's time to let someone else be captain for him to retire from international cricket he's contributing but maybe he's not the levels that we've seen him contribute in like the 2019 world cup or in test cricket a few years ago do you think do you think his time's up do you think Rohit Sharma should retire from international cricket or uh, after this world cup or do you think he's still got it in him to, to push for 2024 the t20 world cup yeah it's a really interesting topic I think there's one side that maybe give way to um, newer players. I mean, India's got so much homegrown talent. Um, I mean, Shaman Kilt, who we've just talked about being one of them. Um, you know, one side could be, you know, just maybe just give way to some newer players. The other side could be, you know, keep playing. Um, you know, a lot of people thought Virat Kohli was done. Um, but he, 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 he brought some form back and he's doing well now. 
Um, but yeah, I think yeah he has covered the captaincy for Virat Kohli over the, the last couple of years or so. I think he definitely he, he I think he has more in him a bit more. I think he's past his peak, but I still think he's got a little bit more in him. I think he can push for the twenty twenty four World Cup. I think he's what thirty five or thirty six something like that. So I think he's got a little bit of time to think about you know um, physically for his physical fitness. Um, yeah, I think he's got a little bit more time, but yeah, I think he definitely can push for twenty twenty four World T um, twenty World Cup. Um, but yeah, he 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 would be thinking about you know he, sh- he should he give way to some newer players um, because actually I'm not sure who would captain the team if it, if if Rochon retires. I can't think of anyone immediately. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if you can think of anyone yet, but you know he he, he could and someone else would be captain, but. I think he definitely can push uh, for 2024. Yeah, for me, captaincy-wise, uh, you know, Hardik Pandey is a name that's been put into the mix. Uh, you could go dangerously and go someone young. Uh, you know, there are there are vast options. Um, I think you need to. It's better to pick someone who's really cemented their place. I think Hardik Pandey has, but you know, questions of fitness. You know, he's not. You know, as an all-rounder, you've got quite a, a tough role and bowling of four overs, batting five six. It may, you know, fitness could be an issue. Um, there, there are there are a host of names. I, I think what you said was interesting. You know, you highlighted something with you know, Rohit Sharma. If he plays, he has to score runs because otherwise, you're really obstructing time for an, someone like Shubham Gill to have a good run in the side and you know play right. You know, he Shubham Gill for you know if he let's say he gets he can't fit in the squad and because of someone like Rohit Sharma or even Kara Hall, then it, it would be a waste of a. a of players of talent and I think that that's something to consider and yeah so I think what we've really come to is that India have a good chance of winning this World Cup they have a good you know team but whether they can finish it off and do do the actual thing is a question but as usual their talent is endless they've got you know players who can score centuries off 40 balls like someone like Surya Yadav, Shuman Gill good openers good middle order batsmen good bowlers we haven't talked about bowling very much but they're bowling attack is quite class it, it, they've generally especially in home conditions everything all the cards stack up for uh stack right i stack up right for india it's just whether they can you know make use of that do you think that's fair to say yeah absolutely they've got you know, they've got all, all, everything they need to build a really strong performance in the world cup and yeah the home advantage will also be really useful yeah, they, they they could have a really good run, but it would obviously have to be can they convert that into not just making the semi finals or doing well in the group stage, but can they actually make the final and win it? Yeah, I think you're fair. Let's move on to our last thing, really, which is the you know co- controversial South Africa fitness, South African women's team fitness selection, uh, fitness regime, and their what the impact on selection that it's had. Uh, you know, um, they're what they're. Um, captain has not been selected because she did not. She was twelve seconds off the minimum pass time for a two-kilometer run. Do you? What do you think? You know, on the on the outside, it looks quite unfair. There is logic and reasoning to it. You know, trying to prove that no one is beyond the, you know, the the requirements. But do do you think that's fair? Really, you know, omitting someone from a squad because they can't. They were twelve seconds off a uh, a two-kilometer. Run running, um, you know, time. The, do you think you know, considering you're not going to be running two kilometers straight in a cricket match, uh, it's going to be short bursts? Do you, do you, do you think that's an is the proper way to do it, or do you think there's an issue that's there that's been highlighted? 
Yeah, what I've been recently thinking about in cricket is how fit do you really need to be? Because in cricket, it's more about, let's say, for example, your fielding. It's about can you really get the ball quickly and you know fire that ball out of your hand, you know, brilliant, uh, really fast, and get that um, get get that run out. And if, for example, if you're batting, running between the wickets, you want to be quick, quick, quick. But you're not you're not going to be when you're batting, you're not going to be jogging two k um, to get a run. I mean that that doesn't happen. Um, I think it's more. I, I, I mean. A lot of people are great at 5k runs or 2k runs, but they're not the quickest people. I think in cricket, more you, you want more of um, you know, fast people who can run quickly. And obviously, you do want you don't want just people that can sprint fast but can't sustain that for uh, the length of a whole cricket match. So yeah, you want to balance it out with fitness and uh, uh, with like stamina and like can you run quickly, sprinting and all that. But I think I would say it's fairly I think it's a bit unfair do you leave your captain out firstly because she's a captain I mean she's what's going to uh, motivate your team to do well um they obviously she's captain for a reason she's going to be out she's going to be out she's supposed to be out there doing making decisions making all those important uh, decisions out on the field um and it's 12 seconds I mean it's not like one minute um it's not like a massive um, difference between the minimum, I, I guess 12 seconds it can be a big amount, but I think really I've always been questioning, you know, is it more maybe you want to be quick um, when you're uh, you know, a quick sprinter rather than being able to run 2K in a, in a good time? Yeah, see, I think fitness is important in cricket. That is true, but fitness is a generic term, and I think what's really important in cricket is not fitness being able to run forever. It's being able to maintain your levels of energy throughout a potentially six, eight hour game. And that's what's most important. And that's what you should be testing for. You know, I personally had it, you know, towards the end of a, you know, if it's been a 30, 40 over a side match and coming towards the end, you're just feeling tired and you're not putting that same amount of, you, know, you can't save as many boundaries as you did earlier in the game. You're, you know, that's what's really important. That's what fitness is useful for. And short bursts, of running is what you're going to be expected if you're fielding realistically and I think that's what should be trained for and honestly I think it's worse than just you know unfair I think it's ridiculous because you know I don't understand what the South African cricket team are, going, are trying to achieve like I you are it's good to keep consistent set rules for everyone I agree with that but you know what's the you're, you're losing out on cricketing talent here and to what purpose? Your team isn't going to be suddenly, you know, it's not going to, it's not like the amount of runs co- that you guys can, that they concede as bowling attacks going to suddenly reduce. I think it's, I think it's just a step too far. I think that you need to, you know, target the right things. You know, fitness should be personal. Fitness isn't a blanket reach for everyone. You know, there should be some low level standards for everyone. And then, then after that, you should target different things for different people, depending on their roles in the team, depending on what they feel. Are they boundary riders? Are they slip, you know, fielders? And then you can look at reaction times. You can look at speed, you know, sprinting speed, things like that. That's what you should really be looking at. And and you, as most of these players already play in the international team, they will know where, you know, there'll be an idea for the, for the selectors and the, squad, the people who create the squad about how, you know, where these players play. And I think it's just unfair. And I think if, ever, if all teams follow that model, then you'd miss out on a lot of talent. If Long term, it might start forcing, you know, younger players who are coming up to, to make sure they keep in, you know, keep up their fitness because they know they won't play for the international team if they don't. 
But, you know, when you're heading into a World Cup, that's the wrong thing to do. Why not do that after the World Cup? Why not imp- implement all these things? Why do it into, you know, going straight into the World Cup? I think it's a bad idea. And you're putting your team as a dis- at a disadvantage for a Women's World Cup. But yeah, that, that, that's it for this episode. Um, we've spoken about the England and, you know, their chance of winning the World Cup, which is there, but, you know, confidence isn't that high. And performances are a bit sporadic, to be fair. Whereas India, on the opposite, have, uh, so on the other hand, have been, you know, playing very, very well, um, which we usually see with India before World Cups. And they sort of, it sort of crumbles in the World Cup. But, you know, this year could be different. And I think Indian fans will be really hoping for a World Cup because this will be the last World Cup for a couple of players and the last World Cup to stalwarts of the team, such as Rohit Sharma, um, most likely. Uh, it's your last ODI World Cup, potentially. But as Zayn mentioned, he could play for the, uh, he could continue playing for T20 World Cup. We looked at potential captains as well of India. We looked at Shubman Gill, um, who has been an interesting player. You know, really burst on to scene in, in a couple of years ago, and they had a bit of a mid, uh, quite a you know uninteresting few matches, and now has you know really sparked his career back into life. So that's it from this episode. Thank you, Zaid, and we will see you, our listeners, on the next episode.